<laughs> we done had a switcheroo. Welcome to the Sunday Rise. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joshua Conti. Today, my client, the undefeated, undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion of sports talk, the Midnight Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I had something for you. I told you weeks ago. I had something for you. Uh, two things that just made my morning. <laughs> that is, that is the most important thing. That just made my morning. Second thing, he not getting paid for that. <laughs> Stock options or something, but that was awesome. That was fucking great, man. I love it. I was gonna do it yesterday, but it wasn't enough people on the show for the um WrestleManiacs. But yeah, man. Oh, oh man. man, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh man, and I didn't even look at the screen. I was so busy doing something else, I didn't even look at the screen. Good grief. <laughs> Oh my goodness! First and foremost, I, I look. We must be feeling good this morning. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Good, good, good. We're gonna jump into this thing, man. We got a pretty, you know, this is the the the, the show in between the championship weekend and Super Bowl. That's always our preview of what the off is gonna look like for us. And there's no shortage of things to talk about. Let's just say that. Oh, definitely. Uh, Starting off with big important news, Kyrie Irving wants out of Brooklyn, right? He is getting crucified in the media. And I know the Midnight Rider has some things to say, and I have things to say as well. So I'll give the floor to the Midnight Rider. Uh take it away. I just don't know what to do once, man. Everywhere he goes, he just wants out, and it's always all out of the blue. It's always um, I think yesterday he, he made a statement. Maybe this was one of those um joke sites, but it was like, it's not that I have anything against Brooklyn, but I want out. I can't stay in this place, blah, 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 blah. Like, I just don't know what team, I already know what team is going to take him. And that's the part that's really bugging me is he's going to be a Laker. He shouldn't be able to wear the purple and gold, but if they get things worked out, he'll wear purple and gold. Um, We'll probably give up our 2034 first round draft pick, um, amongst others, uh, because we like trading away the future picks from because we don't have any picks. Um, but what does this dude want? That's really what I, like is it a championship or is it just having his way? He's like the kid that wants to take his basketball and go home every time stuff doesn't go right, and it's not once, it's not twice. This is his character, his nature. He's asked for trades multiple times, and I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know what motivates him. And, like, him wanting out of places, I have this thing where, like, I don't want to hear him say Mamba mentality because he ain't got one. So don't use that phrase. Don't use that sentence because that's not what you want. You're not in that on that life, on that level. Kyrie is greater than Russ. I, I totally agree with that, Eric, but the problem is, which Kyrie you getting? I mean, the kid's putting up 27 points a night, but is that enough to hold your team together and get you through? And in this team, 
him averaging 27, LeBron averaging 20, and AD averaging whatever he's going to average the four times, no, the two times a week he plays, um, and the other times he's hurt. Just where does that whole thing and that dynamic sit and work? Like, that's the part I don't get. I don't understand this team, how the, what they're trying to do, because he's only going to be there for the rest of the season. It's not like he's coming back next year. So what, what? I don't even know what the Lakers are building. And that's a bigger problem, but that's all I got, man. Okay. The mute button knocked like didn't want to come on. What's going on? Easy. My man, Eric, and I do agree Kyrie is better than Russ. I believe that they're both dynamic talents. I'm not taking one away from the other. But, that you know, when it comes to Kyrie and Russ, I gotta, I'll got i take Kyrie. Now, here's my thing. You say, what is it that he wants? And I think I can't remember. I think it was Eton Thomas that said it. And he put it in a great perspective, and I agree with it, because I was trying to figure out how I was going to verbalize this this morning. If you're at a job and the owner of the company has a problem with you, the general manager of the company has a problem with you, are you going to stay there and be in a toxic environment? See, everybody's focusing on Kyrie wanting out, but they're not focusing on why and what led up to this. And then uh, so they're, put, they're, they're putting the, 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 the checklist out of what Kyrie has done. Uh, he, he, he promoted an anti-Semitic film. Um, what else did they say he did? He, he, he requested a trade. He, he, he talked bad about Brooklyn and all it. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Number one, he didn't promote an anti-Semitic film. He said, go check out the film for yourself. The film was so anti-Semitic. Why didn't Amazon take it down? And why did Amazon make the movie from $2.99 to $42.99? Because everybody was running to watch it. If it was so anti-Semitic, why was it not taken down? Why was it not banned if it was so anti-Semitic? Everybody watched that movie and said, hey, it's nothing wrong with this movie. It's giving a different perspective on something and actually telling the truth. Well, if it doesn't say it the way that you want to hear it, then it's not a perspective you want to hear. And then he he had the list of all the things he had to do, and I agree with you with that, Easy. Easy uh, Eric says, um, they gave that man a laundry list of BS for him being himself. <clears throat> Would have been done that after that. Would have been done after that, and I agree. Yeah. But, but see, Joseph Sy did all of that, find him, made him sit out and all of that. But you did all of that because he said, hey, go check this movie out for yourself and tell me what you think. He didn't say, yeah, go watch this movie because I'm making money behind it. He made no money off of that. But now, let's flip that. You focus on all the negative he does. You don't focus on him giving $60,000 to the Shaquella Robinson uh, 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 GoFundMe for her funeral. That's the one you know, that got killed in um, one Mexico. Of the with a friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, and I don't mean to throw this off t topic too much, but is there anything else coming out? Because I haven't heard anything on her in a minute. No, they said they were extraditing some people, but nothing came out yet okay all right cool go ahead i'm sorry but see <clears throat> okay go ahead but see the thing is you talk about uh, uh uh Kyrie and what he's done wrong and but you don't talk about what he's done right his rights outweigh anything that you consider that he done wrong and it seems like any player that speaks up for themselves and says hey this is how i feel about x y and z you're a problem, i.e. Kyrie Irving, i.e. Colin Kaepernick, i.e. Eric Reed. 
these guys were problems because they stood up for something they believed in. That's a problem. So Kyrie is asking to get out because it's a toxic situation. Being in, in Brooklyn, and it's not the players. The, the, the situation he had with Steve Nash, even though Nash is gone, it was a toxic situation. That's what it was, no matter what. It was toxic. Why do you want to stay? Why would he stay in a toxic situation and try to win a dag on a ball game? And then when he did come back after that suspension, what they won? 11 games in a row? Yep. They were climbed up to like number two in the um, East. So Kyrie is not the problem. You know, I, I don't think he has a problem playing with, with, with James Harden and, 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 and uh, 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 KD. I think it's just a toxic situation with management. And when management makes the situation toxic, who the hell wants to stay? I don't blame him for wanting out. I'm cool with this. And to your point, and I thought about this when you said it, and I was going to respond, but I remember the motto, content. So here it is. I'm about to fill that content bucket up. He can say Mamba mentality all he wants because guess what? Mamba mentality is just like when 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 uh Christians say, you know, somebody does something wrong to you, got to turn the other cheek. It don't mean keep getting your face smacked because sometimes you're going to run out of fucking cheeks. Mamba mentality, do anything. He, the, the kid puts in more work in the gym than a lot of players. He don't go in there and just jack up threes. And Charles Barkley said something about that earlier this week, and I agree with him. These guys don't do nothing but go in there and jack up threes all day long. Nobody has a mid-range game. Kyrie's layup package is probably the best in the game right now. So him saying Mamba mentality don't mean that he has to be the butt boy, the whipping boy, anything else in a situation. If it's toxic, get the hell out of it. Whether it's a relationship, a job atmosphere, whatever it is. If it's toxic, it's going to kill you. Get out of it. And I don't blame them. Beauty of sports right here, man. Yeah. Because I didn't, I mean, you brought up some points that I didn't even think about. I didn't even take in to account the whole situation with the, um, the suspension about the Jewish stuff. So I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. That's why we talked. Yeah, exactly. And here's my thing. We can sit here and we can talk for days till we blew in the face about, well, what did he say? Did he, what he said, was it anti-Semitic? Was it wrong? If you felt it was wrong, that's your opinion. Opinions like assholes, everybody has one. So that's your opinion if you felt it was wrong. Me personally, I didn't see anything he said was wrong. He said, go watch this movie and tell me what you think. It's not like he was like, yeah, I'm getting paid off of this. Y'all watch this. Watch my new movie. But they flipped it and turned it as they do and made it seem like he put out the movie. He produced it. He's getting money off of it the whole time. Dang on uh, Amazon. They sitting back like this. I, I, I 100, I, I, I 200, I, I, 300. That's what they doing. They counting money. But I digress. I just need everybody to get off this. This is this riding Kyrie's back every time he does something. Oh, he believes the earth's flat. So the hell what? So many as many people that believe the earth flat. Oh, he didn't want to get the vaccination. That's a problem for me. Same thing I said when Bradley Bill said, hey, I don't want to get the vaccination until I find out more information about it. And I said his body, his choice, whether he gets it or not, that doesn't take any food out of my mouth, doesn't take any uh, uh, money out of my pocket. It does not hurt my health or improve my health. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But so many people, and these are Facebook friends. Oh, he should be ashamed of himself. But now 
the CDC and who and all that, and came back and said, well, the, va- the vaccine really didn't work. We, we, we thought we had it working, but it really didn't work. So now you got to come back and backtrack about everything that you said and how it was a lie. But you were pressing people out to get this vaccine. <laughs> but, I mean, when you sit back and you look at the, the grander scheme of things, people forget that. People forget that that report came out a month or two ago. You got swept under the rug, got lost in the shuffle. I didn't forget. So, moving right along, I'm just saying, get off the man back. If you expect him to stay in a toxic situation because of what's going on with these owners and Sean Marks is the GM, I wouldn't want to stay there neither. And if he does wind up with the Lakers, I don't. I, I, they say, I know the Lakers said they weren't giving up Austin Reeves and another young guy. What players do the Lakers have to give up? Austin Reeves and the other young guy. And they say they're not giving him up. So I don't. If he doesn't wind yeah, up in sure. LA, you know why I like to see him though. Give me Kyrie in Chicago. Kyrie and Demar Derozan. I thought you were gonna say here. No. No. How you like to trade Bradley Bill? No. 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 Because you trade, it, it would be a shitstorm if Kyrie came to D.C. But if Kyrie came to D.C., you wouldn't trade Bradley Bill. Because Kyrie and Bradley Bill, I think that's John Wall and Bradley Bill on steroids. Speaking of John Wall. Speaking of John Wall. So possibly he's getting bought out? Again? Well, shit, I know he ain't mad about it. Nah, but yeah. It's a possibility that they're talking about, the Clippers are talking about, because I don't know if you heard Kawhi's comments. Saying they need a point guard. Wow. And John Wall is, I think, a top 15 point guard in this league when he's healthy. Top, no, let me rephrase that because I'm doing I'm not doing him justice. I think he's top seven when he's healthy. Because the dude has he been healthy? I mean, it's it's something going on. Maybe it's his attitude. I don't know what it is, but something ain't right with him right now. Well, I and mean, maybe it's the legs, maybe it's the fact that he had that that year off. But, but that year off did him good. It got him healthy, but I don't know. He just ain't, he hasn't looked the same the couple times I saw him this year. Mm. Well, I will say this. Maybe that's a trade right there. And to say the Clippers are, are pursuing Kyrie trade, trade John Wall for Kyrie. You got to give him more than that. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to give him something. My nose, man. I hate when you when your mustache grow back and be tickling the tip of your nose. It look like I'm I'm I just did a couple bumps, man. <laughs> I <laughs> swear I ain't did nothing. My mustache is tickling the tip of my nose, and I gotta keep rubbing my nose. Um wait, as soon as we finish this, I'm gonna take care of that. Don't worry about that. I'm gonna trim that down a little bit. Good God. But um y- you you gotta do something. The Lakers don't have much to offer, and Maybe the Clippers don't want anything big in return from the legs. They're like, hey, just take them and get them the hell out of here. Right. And that, that may be the 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 uh the presidents of that trade. So now speaking of the Lakers, LeBron is the best. LeBron it will be number one. <laughs> All-time leading scorer, Kareem Abdul Jabbar at 38,387 points. Number two. LeBron James, 38,352. He is 35 points away. If he scores 36 points against the Thunder on Tuesday, 
he will be your all-time leading scorer. Now, I'm going to let you handle this one first. All right, I'm done. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I really don't know how to feel about it. I mean, he hasn't had that moment for me yet. Um, for me to like just, well, no, he did bring us a title. So I can't say it's just something about LeBron and LA for me that is a struggle. But I, I got to give roses where roses are due. Um, I got to give flowers when flowers are due. And the kid came in the league uh, from day one, had that ability and the um the groundwork to be able to come in and play his game and and I, and I think he's transformed himself into a, a very dynamic player um I'm a struggle to always say he's the one just because of my personal biases and my personal um attachments to players but uh in terms of a person representing the error uh I think it's very dynamic that this kid has crossed over two errors um, or two decades, and has played top-level basketball. And he's even playing top-10 player-worthy basketball right now at the age of, what is he, 36, 37? I don't know how old Bron is, but whatever his age is, after being in the league for two decades, so he's got to be 38 at least. Um, I mean, good gosh. And it doesn't look like he's going to fall off. I, I just hate that he he's falling in love with the three-pointer. Because at this age, if he was in the 80s, he'd be a post-up guy um, with his back to the basket, hitting you with the dream shake and stuff. But, um, yeah, the kid's dynamic, man. I've When I saw him the first time, I, I saw him um, at St. Vincent because, of course, they were broadcasting his games. And I knew it was something different about him because the way he played, the way he passed the basketball. Um, but to say he's the greatest scorer of all time, uh, someone that comes in with luck, someone that comes in with preparation, because he never had that big injury. And I think that's what derails so many players is once you get that big injury somewhere in your career, you start taking years off your career. But he didn't have that that big, big thing to take him out. Um, I know he had a season in the injury at one point, but still wasn't enough to kind of curtail his career. Looking at the top five scores of all time, and you said that, and number five is Michael Jordan. He had an injury early in his career where he broke his foot second season, missed most of the, the second season, came back, torched the uh the 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 Celtics. Um, then of course he had the two retirements. Right. So Kobe Bryant, he had the Achilles injury, um, and the shoulder injury. Yeah. Carl yeah. Malone never really had many injuries and people say well carl malone when he was number two carl malone shouldn't have been number two because he benefited from having stockton but then on the flip side you say stockton benefited from having malone ain't that what spoke what teammates supposed to do you're right. supposed to benefit from one another right right uh and then number one is kareem of course lebron's number two now but um kareem i think kareem what's kareem's biggest injury when i mean uh he punched uh old boy from milwaukee in the face right <laughs> and broke his hand yeah, he shouldn't have threw that elbow, man. He threw that straight right hand. Bow. <laughs> Ken Benson, that's who it was. Good God, I love that play. Um, I'm, you gotta, yo, I, I give you props because you're a historian at times when it comes to this game. Like man. you, you, you pull up stuff. Like I would have never pulled Ken Benson or Chris Benson or whatever his name was. I wouldn't. Nah, nah. It's it goes back to being. Very, very young. I'm talking 
seven years old, you know, we moved in my grandma after my grandfather died. So my cousin was there and he instilled, you know, talking about Johnny Unitas, talking about the Baltimore Colts, talking about old Redskins and old Cowboys, you know, and he was a big Buffalo fan. So we talked about all of that and he would tell me, yo, you got to read this book and read this. And so I would go to the library and I would get books on nothing but stats. I got you. And I would sit around and read stat books and encyclopedias. And, and don't give me a sporting encyclopedia. Because I had a, tr- a sports trivia book and a sports encyclopedia. So I would look in a trivia book, read the question, then go search for it in the encyclopedia. And just sit there and I would go back and forth between the two books for like three, four days in a row. Like not watching TV, not playing with no toys. And I'm just sitting there storing numbers. And and it took over because now I'm a, I'm a statistician and I, I love stats. I love uh I love the GM role. That's because of my brother-in-law. The GM role is because of my brother-in-law, but the stats is because of my older cousin. Okay. So that's where that comes from. But uh LeBron, if he does this, now granted, his career is probably gonna be longer than Kareem's. So everybody kind of sort of expected LeBron to break this scoring record, and he'll do it in less games. Right. Um He'll have more three-point field goals than Kareem had. He has 2,232 at this present point more three-point field goals than Kareem. But he doesn't shoot as efficient as Kareem did. And that's, I think but it's a microcosm of their errors, though. Yeah, because Kareem was back to the basket. He had the sky hook. And the sky hook, I think I've only seen the sky hook block maybe three times. And two of them was by Wilt Chamberlain. And then the other other part of that is, is LeBron's playing an era where, like, that's the other crazy part is his career has gone through different areas uh, eras of how we play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've kind of graduated from having positions to a positionless league now, and it doesn't matter if you're um, six ten, you you can bring the ball up, you can do whatever. When we grew up in an era where you know, once the big get the ball, he give it up. And, you know, get into the guard, and that's how we started to break. You know, you started to break with the West Unsell, um two-hand pass over the head to the outlet, and then, boom, outlet to the middle of the court. You got two-on-one, three-on-two, whatever it is, guard makes a decision, basket. Now it's like, you know, you grab the rebound, you turn, you take it, and you kick it to the guy who's popping out for the three. Exactly. I mean, we're taking threes at an astronomical pace right now. Transition threes. Right. Uh, that's the problem that I have. They, you know, you coming down the fast break, nobody's in the lane. Every The defense is backed up. If anything, you could pull up and take a mid, mid-range jumper just right inside the free throw line. Nah, dudes are pulling up. I see it from every level, from middle school to high school, AAU, college. Everybody's doing it. But that's and the way you get this play. And we mimic so, – so think about it. Like, I know for a fact I mimic Magic Johnson. Like, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Magic. Um, like, I wasn't the kid of Magic Johnson when I was playing midget basketball at Holy Family um, on Saturday mornings. You know, I come down with a no look. I, I could spin the basketball and make it turn in, in mid-bounce to go to the person I'm trying to get the ball to go to. So, like, we are products of our errors. You know what I'm saying? You know, the only thing I did wrong was, you know, my hit my first basket. I gave my my dad and my uncle the guns. Yeah, I got yelled at the whole way home after that. 
But other than that, I mean, we are products of our earnings. So these kids now, and actually, I'm glad you even brought this up because there's a school district, I think, in Fairfax that has disallowed playing games at recess. Yes. There's a couple districts like this. This isn't a phenomenon. This is what they're, become, they're coming to because the way the kids play the game now, they're emulating what they see. And we have an era of very, it's not, it's not sportsmanship. I don't want to call it not being sportsmanship. I want to call it where trash is talked all the time in the game. So, you know, you got the guys doing the little thing like this because you're too small and all that, or you, you, you doing the gritty or whatever it is. All that stuff is um, in the game. And I think that's causing fights and things of like that to happen. Uh, so, yeah, the school district decided not to have it in there. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing our game coming down to our kids. My kids are playing the way they see it played. What's crazy? I think back to watching the older kids and the adults when I was 10 years old in the park in Palmer Park, watching them run. And I watched the ball movement. Right. And my uncle used to get mad when the ball stopped. He was like, you got to swing that to the other side. If you don't swing that to the other side, we don't score. And this is just a pickup game. But he always said that you got to swing it. That extra pass sometimes, we got an easy lay-in. Or we got an easy open shot. Then when I started seeing them swing, that was it. I think I got my first real run with the adults. I think I was, I had to be about 10, 10 and a half. And I thought I was doing something. You know, they were leaving me open. I was pulling up, hitting a little mid-range jumper. My uncle was like, that's where you shoot from from now on. Don't shoot nowhere else. Shoot from there. Don't go in there with the trees. Shoot from there. And that's where I was pulling up from and hitting. But now it's like I've played with kids and I've watched kids play. They come down. They shoot as soon as they cross half court. Right. And you're missing. But I'm like, okay, have you practiced that before? <laughs> have you have you up no you're not out here every day pulling up and shooting from there that's the part that's the part that they don't understand um the hardest part is trying to get a to to to, to get a kid to understand that you practice how you play and once you once you practice how you play when you play it becomes easy um those are the words that people don't hear you know, everybody wants to see they everybody sees the the finished product, but they don't see the work. Mm-hmm. So 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 it's like everybody sees the butterfly, but they don't see the caterpillar. That's the problem. And I'm gonna leave that there. And I'm gonna let you figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, <laughs> it ain't meant for you to hear. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, even now at forty. I know my capabilities now and I tell my oldest son, I tell, I tell both my sons, actually, I say, I know my capabilities now. I said, people say, well, you just use your height and all you do is back people down. I said, well, I'm six, four. If you're five eleven, what am I supposed to do? But back you down. I'm not supposed to face you up and try to dribble past you. I'm right. supposed to put you on my back on the hip. And I'm supposed to just be like, okay, you, you know, I'm not going to tell you too small. As soon as I, my philosophy, and I've had this happen before. We 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 was at the gym. This cat was had to be about five seven, and he wanted to check all the trees. 
So I'm, I'm like yourself. I'm a big Magic Johnson fan. You couldn't tell me I wasn't Magic when I was younger. So I play more of a Draymond role. I don't give a damn about scoring. My time for scoring is over. I want to win. I'll, I'll get you a timely bucket when you need it. I can score when I want to, but I want to play defense to get you a timely bucket when you need it. Come down court. Never forget this. D'Angelo, my man D'Angelo, he was in the paint, and I looked up, and I was like, oh. I said, mouse in the house, and I just dumped it down to him and, and walked back down court. Man, he when I tell you he cooked this dude, dude was getting mad because they was like, young switch. He was like, nah, I got him. He cooked him for at least nine straight buckets. And I, all we did was dump him down, dump it down low, and move. Then when they switched him, whoever we switched him on, he was still too short. So we had we had our own saying: when something when you wanted to paint, because we all could play the paint. Everybody's like, "Why you don't ever play the paint?" We got our own thing. Chill. Pat would say, "Hey, clock out. When you clock out, you move on out the paint." Pat go clock in and go to work. That's it. When Pat start, you know, he, he start getting a little tired. Hey, clock out. I go in there, I get in the paint, and I go to work. That's what you do. You keep rotating on this dude, and you bust his ass. And But instead, somebody want to take him up top and want to dribble. Oh, point at him when you make him fall. and then you. But you can have a million-dollar move but still a 10-cent finish. There you go. It don't that's matter. what I try to explain. That, that's what I try to explain to my, my, my sons. It's cool to... Now, if you playing, if they just playing with each other, it's cool to just sit there and dribble and, and, and you know, play with them and yank them. But if you're in a game, and I've yelled at Dario for this, he did it one time. He was dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. He made, he got past the dude, brought him back, got past him again, kept bringing him back. I was like, hey, cut that shit the fuck out. Go score. Because I, I'm, I'm from the school. One, two, go score. That's it. Right. All that dribbling, I ain't got time for that. It ain't gymnastics, baby. You don't get scoring for um beauty. This ain't this ain't NBA Street where you just keep doing a bunch of moves and keep getting right. that game breaker. This ain't that. <laughs> right. But now on the flip side, being against somebody that likes to dribble like that and they keep trying to yank you and they keep trying to do it, I'm old school. And that's because of my hatred for the bad boy Pistons that I became a Bulls fan. But I use bad boy Pistons tactics. Because you'll do all of that and you'll try to go past me. I'm going to reach my leg out and clip you up. Right. I don't give a damn about the foul. I got I got infinite fouls. I'm gonna throw an elbow. Cause you piss me off. I'm gonna throw an elbow. I'm going oh man, you gotta watch them elbows. You gotta watch that bullshit you doing. Stop trying to embarrass somebody and play the game, dog. I mean, if that's your way to play the game, fine. You're gonna you gonna play the game my way too. If I gotta play your way, you're gonna play my way too. So I mean, but that's what that's what we're creating. We're we we started creating monsters when that became okay. And then the thing is. A lot of the kids that are trying it, you can't dribble. You can't shoot. Right. Can you even execute a, a layup? You know, it's no way in four hells this kid is six foot nine. You can't dunk. You can't shoot. You have no post game, but you steady trying to shoot threes from the logo. But you have no post game. Whatever happened to, hey, my shot's not on today. I'm just, I'm not seeing the bucket today. I'm big enough. Let me go down the post and get my points down in. That's too grimy. That, that's the dirty work. That's what I love. Because if I came out and we shot around and all of a sudden my shot's not falling, I'm hitting the side of the backboard. Okay. This is going to be a post game for me, y'all. 
<laughs> this is a post game. You know, no jumpers. This is a post game. And you go from there. But I digress. LeBron James breaks this on Tuesday, and they said the tickets are ninety thousand dollars. Yep, for this Thunder game, and it's at uh, uh, what is it called now? It's not called Staples it's anymore. Something. Uh, yeah, I, it's still Staples to me. You know, it'd be great though. Move this game to the great, the Great Western Forum. Is that still standing? Yeah. Oh no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Oh shit! It's a church now. I don't know if it's a church or what, but I, I know um, the Clippers are trying to either build something on that same ground or something like that. So we don't want to go there. We gotta stay at, at the home of LA, the house that Kobe built. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's called the Kia Forum now. Um, da, 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 the fabulous form. I think it's a church now. I think that's what it is. I think they a church board it now. That's what it is. I'm like, damn. Here's the cra- here's the crazy part about it. If a church is boarded, do you understand how many parties that was held with naked women in that club? Hey, as long as the church walls don't talk. Oh my god. Mm. Uh, but now they say Steve Ballmer has bought it. Yeah, he's supposed to be building it. That's where their arena is supposed to be. Okay. The Clippers um are supposed to because they want to get out of the the Lakers' shadow and have their own building. Because you what know hell? when Doc was there, Doc would um put curtains around the top so that way you couldn't see the the Lakers banners. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck Doc. He coached Boston. Nothing personal. But they did that. They did that. Um. They did that before Doc got there because um no nah, nah, they didn't do that before Doc that was a Doc Rivers thing I thought they always covered up the Lakers banners when they when the uh, Clippers played Mm-mm. why would you because I mean the Clippers you gotta are see, home you gotta game. See something good you ain't <laughs> seeing nothing good on the court so you gotta at least look up and see something you look to the heavens you gotta have something better than the shit you watching on the court Ooh, I mean man. outside of the outside of that what was it the Mark Jackson Ron Harper era and then you had um. My boys, shout out to the knuckleheads. You know what I'm saying? Outside of them, I mean, Clipper basketball, ugh. I mean, I mean, you can call Chris Paul and Blake Griffin something when they were just doing the, the, the Lob City. But, I mean, Lob City, when it came to the playoffs, they was real shitty. Mm. So. And I agree with that. So, But I, I was thinking that just for nostalgia reasons. But I get it, that, but LeBron wouldn't connect with that. Yeah, no, and I, I had to think about that. I'm thinking more along on Lakers, but LeBron wouldn't connect with that. And I'm hoping that Kareem is actually at this game and they let waysides be waysides, bygones be bygones. And because Kareem has said some things about LeBron and oh, you should be more of a, a advocate for this and that. And you can't tell somebody what manner to pick up. And that's why I, I love Kareem immensely. But that's the one thing I disagree on is him telling the new generation what manner to pick up. When it but comes, you, to gotta, you gotta understand, like there's, and I think the mantle was different because, um, the in the level of injustice in Kareem's era. So now you have Kareem, you have Jim Brown, you have Muhammad Ali, you have Will Chamberlain, you have all these guys building a platform to take us from Jim Crow into some level of. Getting equality. I'm not going to say having equality, but I'm going to say getting equality. And then for them to see guys now kind of not have a mantle or have a place, 
at the table or use their situation to give themselves a place at the table. I mean, that's got to be a little discouraging for an older guy like that. But on the flip I, side, you yeah, have to realize. No, you got to realize if you speak out about certain things too much, they take everything from you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, right. I, I, rem- I know the picture you're talking about. Bobby Mitchell was there. They were all there. And this is uh, when I think it was when Muhammad Ali didn't want to go into the military. He mm-hmm. didn't want to go fight in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And I saw that picture. And what breaks my heart about that picture is that when Jim Brown went to Trump Towers and sat down with Donald Trump, him, Ray Lewis, Steve Harvey, um, a whole bunch of black entertainers and sports figures. And then they came out with, you know, he got a plan. And, and no, no. After the things that this man said, you can't, I don't give a damn what the fuck his plan was. There's nothing you can say to me to erase what you've done already at that point. And that broke my heart that Jim Brown said that. I said, this is, no, no, this can't be true. You can't say that because of what I knew he stood for and what, and what happened in that picture and the support that he put behind Muhammad Ali, him saying that. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. But when it comes to picking up mantles and social justice, you can't tell people what to fight for and what not to fight for. They have to fight for it because it's in their heart. True. Very true. Now, every time LeBron opens his mouth, he can say, you know what? I stand on this mountain and I'll die on it. Water is wet. I guarantee you it'll be about 35,000 people to say, no, water's not wet. It's cold. It's liquid. It's di-. They will do anything to disagree with him because it's LeBron James. Right. This man says something about an Ohio police officer killing a young girl. And we haven't heard nothing else about that. And, oh, well, he inciting violence because he put in the caption, you're next. Well, everybody had the caption, you're next. I even had the caption, you're next. So, Nobody said anybody was going to do anything to the dude, but you're the next one to get prosecuted and go to jail, which he did not. And once we finish the show, I need to go look that up and find out what the deal with that was. But he got he got crucified for that. You know, every time he says something, it's always a crucifying. Well, racism don't touch you because you got money. It's so much. But let's let let's move on. Let's jump over to some college basketball. Oh, Mark Mosley, let's go. I'm sorry. Locally, the Maryland Terps are balling. The Hoyas are falling. Um, the Terps yesterday had one of the biggest wins in Big Ten history, 81-46 over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, this wasn't even a contest, to be honest. This wasn't a contest. I mean, at the end of the first half. Maryland was up 41-21. And then they cruised in the second half and outscored them 40-25. to uh, Damn, their leading score was Julian Reese with 16 points. And they emptied the bench. They went deep. <laughs> they went deep. Um, good grief. Um, Minnesota only had one player in double figures, and that was Pharrell Payne. Um, the Terps right now, the NCAA tournament should come a knocking. Is it still 16 wins to get in? Some form of that, yeah. We're close to that. Okay. So, you know, 16 and 7 Maryland Terps right now. Uh, they travel to Michigan State 
on February 7th, which is Tuesday. Uh, da, 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 da. where are we at? Um, um then Tom, next next Tom Saturday they got Penn State. Huh? Tom gonna put booster asses. Tom is though. Sorry, I'm just uh I unapologetically. Not. Tom Izzo's my guy. I, I like Tom Izzo. Damn, they got Penn State two times in the next month. Well, it is um Big Ten play. And then you, of course, we got uh we got uh conference tournaments coming up and everything. So you know, March Madness will be kicking off real soon. But Sorry about on, that. That's all right. On the other hand. My Georgetown Hoyas, they were keeping Ooh. up with the number 24 Connecticut yesterday. And Connecticut is 18 and 6. Hoyas are the flip side, 6 and 18. They were keeping up with them. At the end of the first half, it was 31 31. I'm listening to this on the radio. And Connecticut's just turning the ball over, turning the ball over. I'm like, yeah, all right, y'all. Y'all get ready to do something. And it just didn't quite turn over that way. They lose 62 to 6. I mean, 68 to 62. Uh, leading score for them was Brandon Murray, 21 points. Jay Heath had 13. Huh? What did Primo do? Uh, I don't think he played. So, so Georgetown has a very simple problem. And it's, they have this, and I think it's a chemistry issue. For one, and I'm going to say this wholeheartedly that I think Pat's in a tough spot because Right before or right in, as the season started, um, you lose Coach Orr. Um, he passes away. So that has to have some kind of emotional impact on the team, on, on the coaching staff. So I, I, I honor that. Um, but when I watch this team play, I just see a team that they don't play for each other. They play for themselves. Hero ball. Right. And, and, and it's funny because you'll see a guy come down – and it's like, I didn't get my touch. All right, I'm going to take this shot. And, then, and, then, and it's really in the flow when they're playing well. They'll be on a 10-0 run, and then that guy just got to get his. Um, and then the other guy got to get his. And the next three possessions go to shit. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you, that 10-0 run is met by another 10-0 run, and now you either even or you back down. And then the other part is I don't know who finishes for this team. Like, I think Primo's the guy. But I don't know <clears throat> how they close out ball games, and that's yeah. another place where I struggle when I watch Georgetown. I have I do this like, of course you know my bit where the loser streak gets a number and we name the players of the loser streak. But it's more so because I just feel like it's more self inflicted. I don't see it as them being a bad basketball. I mean, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me say it the right way. They're a good basketball team with bad basketball tendencies. And their tendencies show more than they should. That's not a 6-18 ball club. If you take them talent for talent, they're not a 6-18 ball club. The problem is they play like that because something's off. Something's off kilter. Because the way I watch that team, I watch them play Villanova. I watch them play um, – what's the school Juan Dixon at? Coppin State. Mm-hmm. And I watched them play Creighton. And when I watched the Hoyas, I always come on, like, I feel like they play with energy. But even though you play hard, sometimes if you do play dumb at the same time, you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself softly. 
and that's what I see. Now, the Terps, they got a nice big win over Indiana, and every time I see Indiana, I don't understand how that team is not top 10. But, I mean, of course, the way they play, or you losing ball games that you shouldn't lose, that gets you there. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to start with Georgetown like you did. And I said this in, in reference to your, 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 your streak. If Patrick Ewing can get a decent top-tier recruiting class, but he needs guys that's going to stay at least three years. Now, I said it on the post, and I'll say it here. Tradition at Georgetown, you stay four years, you get your degree. That's the promise that Big John made to every parent. They're going to get their degree. And the whole time he was here, only three players left. And that was uh, Allen Iverson left early. Um, Victor Page left early. And then uh, Michael Graham was uh, kicked off the team after the championship run. That's the only three players he lost early. Um, And... The boss BJ chiming in, he say he's not going to. No, nah, he's not. Because nobody, everybody's looking. And this is where I, I guess I'm just, what you say, the old man shaking his fist at the clouds. This is what I am. Every player that comes out of high school is looking to build a brand of sorts. And, oh, well, if I'm not getting exposure here and I'm not getting this and I'm not getting that, I don't want to go there. I want to go to a Duke where I can be one and done. I want to go to a North Carolina where I can probably be one or two and done, but I can go on a deep run and get to the tournament and I can get exposed. I want to go to one of these power conference teams where I can play and I can get exposed because I can go on a deep tournament run. It's not about using your talents to get the education because you got to have something to fall back on. Number one. Number two, it's not about learning the game and actually playing the game. Because if that was the case, we would see more players going to your Georgetowns. More players even coming to Maryland. Um, like I, I saw a rumor that Bronny James was gonna sign with Maryland. I said, man, he signed with Maryland and he actually stays three years. I got Maryland winning the national championship. But you know what that theory doesn't work, right? What do you mean? So so I have this is my working theory. The way scouts view basketball players is the longer you're in school, the worse basketball player you are. Yeah, I remember you said that. I do. It's it's, it's a fact. Like, you just – like, they don't value seniors or juniors anymore. The, because and, – and, and it comes in the way that they talk about the draft. It's always upside. It's always wingspan. It's always potential. And I think we know a guy. He used to always say potential will do one thing, and that's get you fired. Hmm. <laughs> and that's John. I don't know if it's John one thirteen or one fifteen or whatever it is. But it ain't John three sixteen. But it's John Thompson. It's a John Thompsonism. Hmm. I ain't grow up too. Yo, just because I messed with Georgetown, I didn't grow up too far from the John Thompson tree. I get it. I get it. And I even talked to my mom about that. Speaking of which, and she was like, "Why would you go away from the Thompson tree after everything he did for that school? Why would you go away from?" It? I said, "Ben said that." You know, it's it's the roots of John Thompson is choking the program. He's, and she said, you know, I don't I don't believe that because I mean you keep it in the family. She's like, Pat ain't doing a bad job, Pat ain't got no players. And I'm like, if my mom can see that, and she doesn't watch Georgetown basketball that often, but she can see 
that Pat don't have the players. He doesn't have a Kevin Braslin. Huh? Who shops for the groceries? The AD, apparently. Nah, the the, the grocery shopper is the, the head coach. He's a dude out there. Supposed, he's supposed to, but here's the thing. He doesn't have a Kevin Braswell. He doesn't have an Allen Iverson. He doesn't have a, a, a Alonzo Mourning. He, whoa, 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 whoa. Wasn't Braswell the dude that had the swords? What do you mean? Braswell, he transferred out of Georgetown and went to like, um, what's the school on the West Coast? Where'd your mom go to um, college? Oh, thanks, kid. Um, I thought Braswell left after no. two years and went. Um, no, she didn't go to Virginia Tech. Oh. <laughs> your mom went somewhere on the West Coast. It's the um, Fresno State. No, Braswell went to end up at Fresno. Who am no. I thinking about? I, oh, you know, I'm thinking about um, is it Bonham or something like that? Because you you did the only kid that wore number three. He was the guard after um, he was there for two years. He transferred out of Georgetown, ends up at Fresno State. It's like Kenny Bonham or something like that. But I'm not gonna worry about that. I, I know, I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking about. But Kevin Braswell, he stayed all four years. Okay, from '98 to 2002. So he played under Big John. He played two years under Big John, two years under Craig Asher. Yeah, my 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 Gonzaga summer league basketball coach was Mark Tillman. So I think I have I had Mark Tillman. And then the second year I was at the camp, I had um, Churchwell. Mm. And then you don't have a Jonathan Wallace. That's another name. You don't have Jonathan Wallace. You don't have these players, Ruben uh, Boomjay Boomjay. <laughs> you don't have these players that are great college players, but didn't make it in the Shout out to Archbishop Carroll High School. Uh, it, yes, it's time to move on from the Thompson area. area. And I grew up on the Thompson. He called me Ralph Dalton the second. That's the thing, though. Where do you go? Because the roots are so deep. And I've been wondering this since you said it and since uh, uh, your cousin said it. Everybody's saying it. We had a long discussion on it. And I read some articles and I said, you know, I, I kind of see where everybody's coming from. And I'm like, where do you go? That's the thing jumps that's in the, there and takes over. I think that's the part. So there's two schools. Actually, it might be three, but um, I think Duke's in the midst of that right now because they're they're with Shire. And I think they got to find the identity after Coach K. Syracuse will be in this position because Syracuse won't have an identity after Bayham leaves. Whenever Bayham leaves, he needs to leave sooner than later. Um What's my man at Notre Dame? Um, ironically, I'm wearing a hat today, but I think it's um, Breer. I can't think of his name, but he's in that position because he's stepping down in the season. So we're going to have schools in that process of transitioning from guys that have been there um, for 20, 30 years, and they're walking out the door. Like I would, I'm so concerned because I love Izzo. The second he steps down, I don't know what Michigan State becomes. And he's the guy that I built my, one of my tenants of coaching on is it's okay for us to look bad in November, but we can't look bad in February. Mm-hmm. We, right. we got to change. We got to become better. It's one of my, it's one of my things. If you 
if you ask any kid that I coach, they will say, yeah, Coach Ben said we can't be who we are in November in February. We can't be that same team. That's, that's true. That's just the truth. And, and Thomas, I appreciate that. I, it's I, just I like this Thomas guy. This Thomas guy. <laughs> it, hey, hey, Thomas, first and foremost, make sure you hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, you know what I'm saying, add us. You know what I'm saying? Add the sideline junkies, participate in our Facebook. Like, I'm talking, yo, dude, you're on point today. Like, keep coming back. Um, bring snacks if you got them. <laughs> no orange slices. Oh, man. But see, here's the thing. And this is what I ask everybody. Oh, oh. And you can take us to Shakey's after we do the show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> here's the thing. And, I, and, I'll, uh, and we appreciate you, too. We really do appreciate it a hundred percent. And I'm gonna ask you a question. Where do you move on to? I'm asking everybody this. Where do we move on to? Okay, you move away from Patrick Ewing. How far do you gotta you you gotta be really, really you gotta go deep down in the bowels of dingo and find out somebody that's not connected to John Thompson because his it's not it's not so so you I think you stretch is deep, man. I, I think I think you're getting too lost in the 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 um the nuance. Of what we're saying, we're saying that the direct lineage. We're talking about guys that played for John and kids that came out of John's balls. We're talking about those guys got to be not in the in, in in the coaching process. We just got to find another person on the outside, and it could be an up and coming guy. It doesn't matter if like he touched the hem of John Thompson's um, suit pants or whatever. It doesn't matter about that. It's just we need somebody. They need somebody that's a different thinker. And I, and I honestly think at times when I watch clips of Pat, I think Pat is so much like us, entrenched in what we believe, that it's hard for him with these kids, and they don't always see what he sees. And I think that's where he struggles. Like, I love that. I like their guards. I just think the rest of the team can't shoot. Like, they got two shooters, but then they got four, four bricklayers. They got, I mean, you can't you can't have them. And, that's, and the problem with the bricklayers is they're the dudes that want to shoot. Yeah, and you Ooh. know what? That right there. See, that was Maryland's problem for the longest under Gary. They wouldn't. They wouldn't go to the AAU coaches. But these AAU coaches, that's how you start your pipeline. That's how you get all the your local talent because those guys got to come through the pipeline and go through that uh, Maryland that, that uh, AAU coach. I like that. I really like that. I hate AAU, but I like an AAU coach because they all the talent is going to run to them. But the, but then your 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 bastardizing. Your, your your process because AU coach to me and this is going to be very um, biased but I don't feel like coaches AU coaches do a lot of coaching they no, do well, a lot no, of a lot, a lot of them don't they they they'll roll the basketball out and because they have better talent and I've said this for years and watching the redeem team um, documentary. Gave me more respect for Coach K than I had before. I felt like he was a roll the ball out. I thought he, him and Calipari were the two guys that I felt were roll the basketball out kind of coaches. Um, but as I watched the redeem team, I understood that he um there it is. See? And 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 speaking of him, this guy that's in the comments, he wasted an hour of my time yesterday on content because <laughs> we had we we did a show. Not nobody sees it because he won't do a podcast with me, but it's all good. Uh, nah, cuz love you, bro. But seriously, um, when it comes to coaches, I just I, 
they just got to find a guy. They got to find a hot coaching guy to get Georgetown back in the map. And I don't know where that comes from. When when we talk AAU coach, and I agree with, with Thomas, I agree with Eric, I agree with you. Most of them can't coach, but it's a few of them that actually coach and teach right, fundamentals, right, right. and they actually break they down develop. the game. Right. And you find that guy, and then, you know, of course, his cousin, brother, right. sister, I don't care. Somebody moves into that next one. But so many, so much local talent is poached from our backyard. And a lot of people say, how do you Huh? Gary and John wouldn't they they believed in going to the 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 high school coach and not going through the AAU, AAU. Be, because AAU at the you know back in the day AAU was just something you did every once in a while it wasn't what you know it wasn't AAU is all year round now they got tournaments all year right, round right, right but see so you're forty right forty one what what am I. I'm 41. I turned 42. Okay, okay. It's hard for me to say that because I'm still thinking I'm 15. But go ahead. So these, I got I got a little more grays in my beard. So I remember the the beginning of AU. AU was supposed to be like an all-star team. Mm. And I don't know if you that's and I don't want to disrespect you by saying I don't know if you know about that. But like what it was was you got the best of the best on a team and they went out and traveled and played. And then it became Oh, I want to get my kid to be able to play basketball because he ain't that good, and the coach won't play him. So we're gonna build our own team. That's what it's evolved to. Mm. Here's my thing, and everybody, everybody here is old enough to remember rec ball. You right. played in the neighborhood, so if you had your neighborhood, you played other neighborhoods. You it's football, you had your neighborhood, you played your other neighborhoods. It was all the yeah. county rec, and, and that wasn't even in the rec system. I, should we play neighborhoods? Yeah, just off break. Seven on seven, eight on yeah. eight, whatever. Uh, at a local park, you, yeah. you walk up with our our team, and you walk up with yours, and we playing tackle football behind the school. Yeah, yep. And we did it too. But see, yeah. once you bring an AAU and you put in this all star team, and then you know, I can play AAU. My son can play AAU with your son, and we on two totally different sides of the map. But then. Yeah. All of a sudden, it started becoming well. Uh, my son's moving here. Well, your son, like, yeah, I want to go play with my homies. And now that's what the NBA has become. It's become a right. real big AAU team, and that's why I don't like AAU. But if you can find a coach that really can coach, I say take him and start the pipeline. Because how did Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, um, Gravis stayed here? He went to Montrose Christian. He stayed here. Um, who else got out, out out of the state that went high school here? Everybody. You know, you're talking, talking about Kendall Marsh, you're talking about Nate Britt, you're talking about Chris. Um, is it Chris Jenkins? He went to Villanova. Um, there's this endless the, the city has so much talent, it's endless when you name naming people like Sherman Douglas gets out of the city. Um, yeah, because he went right to Spain. Names, yeah, we can go um, we can spend all day talking about names. Anybody under shock of smart coaching tree can help George? Yeah, I think so. And I think Shock is smart. Well, what is what is what is Shock is what is Shock is coaching trip? Uh, anybody that's on his coaching staff now. Right now I mean, okay. okay. You, but uh, uh God, well, what is, it what was Shock um, doing right now? And Shock got Shock got done dirty because he's at Marquette. That's where he's at. Yeah, um, and I want to say it was a couple of his assistants actually went and got head coaching jobs, or they got jobs elsewhere. But they, you know, which where's my, I gotta look this up. Where's my boy? Um. 
Where's Eric Buzz Williams? Eric Wheeler says nothing wrong with getting one of the AAU guys off the staff as assistant. Yeah, and you start the pipeline because right. normally that's what it. What was it? Um, DC assault or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And they they got a guy that got over and um, they had a couple guys that got coaching jobs. On, yeah, because um, they get they helped recruit a couple of players. So they yeah, got yeah. I think it was at Maryland under Turgeon. Yeah, if one of the guys got a job at Maryland and another one um, what was it? I want to say Michigan. But guys get jobs off of the AAU circuit as assistants. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And Thomas, uh, Thomas says, uh, yes, sir, how how we all came up neighborhood against neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Eric say boys and girls club. Yes. And Thomas say he played a number four boys club in North and Southwest. This this is this is great, man. This is great. And Eric say he played a number four. <laughs> Like this is this is great, man. This this is the dialogue that we did this for, because this nah, is. Eric was, I was supposed to be the option quarterback when Eric was at number coaching at number four. <laughs> we thought to run. He's hell. It's gonna be baby. Well, that was before Michael Vick. I don't I don't remember who the lefty was when I was in like third grade. But yeah, Steve Young. He'd have been the next Steve Young. Yeah, it is. But I mean, Omaha. This is, Omaha. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, I, I, no, 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 nothing. This is just, this is what, what needs to be done. It's organic, so, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, man. But I, we got to move on from this. But God, I'm loving this. I don't want to, but I got to. So hey, put a pin in it. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> we might have to come back Tuesday and talk <laughs> about this. Because, you know, we, matter of fact, I meant to make this announcement last night before we move on to the next one. This week, starting Tuesday, so Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday morning, we're doing Super Bowl trivia. And I'm telling you, three questions, you can win ten dollars. We ain't got a whole bunch of money around here, but we, I'm, I'm three Super Bowl questions, and they're not gonna be easy. You answer all three, you get ten dollars. I cash at you right now. You know, once you do it, so that's starting on Tuesday. Look out for that. I'll keep so, posting. So, so basically, you're gonna send somebody the stream yard. Contact all they say is, Hey, I'm interested or I want to participate. Mm-hmm. You send them the link on the stream yard. Yep, they'll sit in the backstage until it's their turn to come on. Yep, and then we'll ask them the three questions. Well, you'll ask them the three questions. Yep, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, I want to see this. Oh, so, yeah. So, whoever knows what they know, and I know a couple people that know some things, so it's gonna be interesting. Oh, yeah. And I've been trying to do this, but everybody's scared of my question because they know me, <laughs> they know me. It's not easy. Hey, let's. I'll be I'll be <laughs> Jumping over to the WNBA really really quick, the Seattle Storm and everybody talking about oh I'm sorry the Seattle Storm the New York Liberty are building a super team. Everybody talking about oh man it's the first super team ever in the WNBA lies. The Houston Comets was the first super team ever with Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, Jennifer Kane, uh, uh, Kim Parrott, uh, uh, Tina Thompson. Uh, uh, what was my girl name? You you wound up getting Michelle Snow later on. Uh, man, that was a super team. Four four rings in a row. My favorite fuck. My favorite WNBA team, the Houston Comets. But they just signed Courtney Vandersloot to go with uh, UNESCO, and they got Brianna Stewart. So, if we talking about super teams in WNBA, and I would love to see WNBA stars do what NBA stars do. 
and just load up and then go run and win a championship. Do what LeBron and and, and Bosch did and go join somebody else and run. That's all I want. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. This is gonna sound so condescending, but I mean, take your hundred and twenty thousand and go wherever you want to go, because that's what it is. Or your two hundred sixty-eight k. Yeah, I think I think I think actually because me and my boy looked this up yesterday. I think it was um two eighty-four is the top t- top salary for a WNBA um player. So. That's- I thought uh I thought somebody was getting a million. I thought Candace Parker was getting a million. It might have been over the life of her contract. So she mm. might have signed like a five year, one million dollar deal, but yeah. Well top salary when I looked it up was 284. Mm. Okay. I mean it, it should be more, but that's another show for another not, time. Not, it can't be more. You can't you got you can't you can't make more than your your, your league make. Yeah, but the thing, and we talked about this big Jim brought this up years ago. He said, "You know what's what's hurting the WNBA? What's hurting their product? Women. They don't advertise. No, it's not. They don't have women. If you want, if you want to tell me that y'all deserve equal pay, you gotta have equal investment in the product. And if you don't invest in the product, my boy Bill Burr does a great segment <laughs> on this. He's like, well, you would have it if you went to the fucking games. And if true. you don't go to the games, who's going to the games? Because I don't want to see a bunch of chicks." Making a bunch of layups or miss shooting air balls from three. I watched the two minute segment of a ladies game. I I just turned my TV off. I was like, I'm I'm just gonna go to sleep. I I, I don't want to see this. It was it was it's it's bad. They're playing bad basketball. They're airballing layups, and then they want you to watch it. I, you gotta yeah. Me. Yeah. You know. I mean. I mean. I think my um. There was a conversation. Where Maximus was in the room, and the guy said Marcus Aurelius touched me on the shoulder, and he said, "You know Marcus Aurelius." And then he was told him, in his response, he was like, "You got to make the mob fall in love with you, because to win Rome, you got to win the mob." And the problem with the WNBA is they don't win the mob. That's true. That is true. I didn't mean to go gladiator. No, no, I I love it because the thing is, I look at the product that the WNBA is now compared to what it used to be. And I'll say from 97 to 2001. And it's a a totally different product. You know, the, 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 the packaging is different. Everything's off. Everything's different. So part of the problem is you have a bunch of talent going into a thimble size opportunity. So every couple of years, you got teams cutting players, getting cheaper, but you're cutting good players. You know what I'm saying? You're not paying certain players and other teams can't pick up those players because their budget is strapped. And then the mm-hmm. other part is travel wise. You got them playing. You got them flying spirit in Southwest mm-hmm. and not flying first class or not f- flying private. Like, true. like for this need to be taken seriously, you gotta a take taking care of your players has to be taken seriously, and I'm gonna say that right now. I'm gonna say that to the day I turn blue in the face. Um, that the problem I have with the WNBA is they want all these things, but they don't take care of their players. And I'm and I know the NFL doesn't do a great job of this, but but the WNBA gotta 
you can't have your players taking commercial flights to get the games. Mm-hmm. And the issue is going to be, and I, and Brittany Griner is going to be the defining moment for this. You can't put Brittany Griner on a regular flight. That's true. That's going to cause a problem. So you're going to have to start flying commercial. I mean, you got to start flying private at some point. It's $2 million or $3 million. And you got to figure out how much you want to invest in this product. Because the New York Liberty co- um, owner, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. He was going to fly a scene private. But everybody else, the other owners didn't want to do it. And that was a big thing last year. Mm-hmm. So they they got to start... They got they got to start making their players a priority before we make take them seriously. Okay, sorry. That now nah, that's more off season because we'll talk about that more as we get closer to the start of the WNBA season. But right now we're gonna talk about these NFL honors that uh, February 9th, nine p.m. They're coming out, so we're just gonna go through the nominees and probably say who we gonna who we think gonna win. So. Um, the first award up is Salute the Service. Hayden Hurst, Ron Rivera, and George Kittle are up as nominees. Give it to Ron. Okay. <laughs> um, MVP, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I got Hurts too. I ain't got I, I, I it's no other way. It's gotta be Hurts. Right. Um, offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Here's my thing. I never understood this. If I'm MVP and I play offense, shouldn't I be offensive player of the year too? So, so they they use the MVP and the offensive player to delineate because honestly, I think the MVP is really just the most valuable quarterback, not the most valuable player. I agree. So, so, so you get the offensive player award as us really truly recognizing the player that we believe um is better or or affects offense better so that's why you have that delineation okay uh coach of the year sean mcdermott brian dable doug peterson nick sirianni i say doug peterson oh I, I i say dable mm. uh comeback player of the year saquon geno smith christian mccaffrey i say geno Saquon. Uh oh. Damn it! Did I? I think I. Well, that went in. Oh. Offensive rookie. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Brock Purdy. Garrett Wilson. They're gonna give it to Brock Purdy. If they give it to Brock Purdy, that's that explains why Tyler Huntley is in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive player of the year: Michael Parsons, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa. Give it to Michael Parsons. Nick Bosa. Uh, the Art Rooney Award, Max Crosby, Aaron Jones, Jerry Hughes, Justin Juszczyk. What is this award about? I have no idea. Um, Max Crosby. I'm going to go ahead. Assistant coach, D'Amico Ryans, Ben Johnson, Shane Stetchin. Uh, Just because of success, I'm going to go um, Stitching because that's an Eagles offense coordinator or coordinator. Defensive rookie, Sauce Gardner, Tariq Woolen, Aiden Hutchinson. Everybody everybody wants to give it to Sauce Gardner. Sauce deserves it. But you, oof. I want to see Tariq's year, too. Oh, my gosh. 
Because mm, mm, mm. Tariq did some things on tape this year. Oh my gosh. Bless you. Well, that that's your nominees and everything. Um, for once, it's crazy because I don't see Tom Brady's name in any of these nominees, and that's crazy. I mean, all right. So most likely to um, play golf the rest of every Monday for the rest of the year, Tom Brady. <laughs> JJ already no nah, JJ Watson the invitation out. We play golf on this day. New guy brings the drinks. Well, I just I you know what? I wish Tom Brady would come back one more year so he can get a true farewell tour. Not even gonna lie, because I, I think certain players. When they ride off into the sunset, Michael Jordan's last run, um, Kobe's last run, uh, oh, Kareem's last run. Oh, I'm sorry, I was being funny. You, you, you think they love you like they love Kobe? They don't love you like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dwayne Wade's last run. Don't, don't. I think that's the way players of that caliber should go off into the sunset. Totally so, agree. When 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 LeBron comes out and he says, "All right." You know, I played the season with my son. I'm done at the end of this season. You know, I'm play one more season and I'm finished. You know, it's it's been 29 years. I'm 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 gonna go ahead and give it up. And they, you know, everywhere he goes, he gets a a, a farewell gift. 82 games out of the year, like they gave Kareem a rocking chair, a motorcycle. Yeah, they did that um, whole thing. Yeah, and I, I, the 80s I, were about yeah, the 80s were about celebrating the past. Um. Like commemorating the stars, I, I, I think Bird had something similar. I think Magic had something similar. Yeah. And um, then, well, here's the thing with Magic though, and we talked about this, and we 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 gonna talk about this in the off season. So I I think this will be probably the Thursday show after the Super Bowl. But we talked about Magic coming back, and I always said I wish he would have played one more season just to say he walks out. You know, you got that that link between. Right, Showtime and the Lake Show, but he walks out on his own terms. And even though he did walk out on his own terms, but I would love to see him walk out and, you know, get the farewell tour, get the true 82-game farewell tour. Just my opinion, though. Okay. So we've come to the end of the show. Thank you to everyone that commented. Uh, my man, Easy, Cousin Eric, Thomas, Man, appreciate y'all. Appreciate the conversation. Appreciate the dialogue. Everything. Uh, the boss BJ. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come over here, dog. No, nah, no, nah, I gotta give this dude some screen time. <laughs> My guy, yo. We, I know you can't see me in the screen, but yo, I'm proud of the dude because we. He kind of came up with the idea. We ran with it. Um. So I appreciate the intro we did this morning. Um, so it's it's no big thing, but hey, every now and then your kid just makes you proud of them, and they just do some things that make you make you smile, make you laugh. Uh, the dude ain't got no sense because his daddy ain't got no sense, so it's all good. All right, get on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I gotta say he started it off right, and if that, if anything. If anything, that set the damn tone for the day. And <laughs> like, 
If I'd have known it was gonna be like this, today is gonna be an awesome day. If this the hell with today, this is gonna be an awesome week. Right. Because y'all y'all done set the tone off. The way the show started, the dialogue we'd have had on this joint, everything. This is hey. setting the tone for the week. Hey, Eric, if you missed the opening, go watch the opening of the show. Cause I tagged you late. So go back, watch the first like minute and a half of the show, and you'll understand what's going on. <laughs> so Man, uh, thank you everyone for showing up, showing out, doing your damn thing. Um, man, we we got a week before the Super Bowl, so we week. not yeah we not doing no picks till Sunday. So we might talk a little bit of news here and there. We ain't doing no picking. We saving that for Sunday. But uh, that's the Midnight Rider. I'm the big guy KG. Um, thank you everybody. See y'all on Tuesday. We don't do no overtime though. We are out of here.